Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We have another excellent episode of Walk-Ins Welcome with you today, where we are all about helping urgent cares and patient care businesses triple their revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional customer and patient experience. I'm so excited about today's episode. We got a really cool one today. We've done some unique interviews on here. This one is totally different than the rest of them. It is. It is. And so if you ever think marketing comes in all sorts of forms and so does experience. And today we're talking about furniture. Yes. Specifically, we're talking about furniture inside the reception lounge or waiting area, which is really fascinating. But who I got on the call today, we have Les Gursky with Les Road Industries. Uh, he has been with them for about two years. Uh, and it's just, and he doesn't, and we always make, we've made the joke already. He doesn't own the company, even though it looks like he should with the name, but he actually just works for him. But we actually met him at the UCA conference yes, back in Vegas earlier this year. And I'll be honest, like when, you, when I was saying about furniture, how important is that? And then I realized if I went into Nurture Care right now and they had crappy furniture, I would kind of question some things right out of the gate. Absolutely. So Les, great to have you on. Welcome. Good to be here. Thank you guys. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Well, hey, listen, I want you to say hi to our podcast audience, but I want you to tell us one thing about marketing that most people think is true, but it's not. Oh, uh, well, I could tell you one thing about marketing that most people think is not true, but is. Let's go with that one. Uh, and, that, and that's, uh, you know, effective marketing really has um, an effect on people's behavior more than they would think. Uh, people may not realize, uh, based on what they're doing, what their buying habits are, um, where they want to travel to, how much of that decision-making was influenced by effective marketing. So most people are kind of oblivious to the behavior marketing, but like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Google is all about your behavior. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we, we were at Sam's today picking up uh, office supplies for uh, like snacks and stuff, and I saw Fanta has come out with a new logo, and I was like, I want Fanta now. And all of a sudden we have Fanta in the and, fridge. And there's Fanta in the fridge and like it's just it's just Fanta. Like it all tastes the same, but it's a new logo. Yeah, I want to try think it. It might taste different because it's new packaging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Les, so here's the thing, man. You're in the furniture business, but specifically you focus in this niche, and I'm so fascinated by that. Tell me first, how did you get into this? So it's an interesting story. I spent the first thirty years of my career in electronics and technology. Okay. And I got a call out of the blue from a recruiting firm that was looking to hire someone uh, for a chief revenue officer position for a furniture manufacturer in Connecticut. And I was living on Long Island at the time. And I wasn't really looking to, to leave my job and uh, had no interest in moving to, you know, picking up my family and moving to Connecticut. So I, instead of blowing him off, I said, hey, you know, you could take a look at my res resume uh, and I expected to never hear from him again. Uh, two weeks later, I hear back and they, they want to interview me. And I said, okay, I'm willing to, to listen to what they have to say. And three, four, five, uh, you know, uh, interviews online, and then a couple of interviews in person later, um, they offered me a position where I, it was just too good to turn down. And I'm so glad I left electronics and technology because I'm loving the furniture industry. <laughs> That's a change. I mean, that is a pretty That's extreme right. yeah, change. It, it's funny because my job functions, what I do for uh, for Lesro is very similar to what my job functions were uh, in electronics and technology. So it's really just a matter of learning a new language, learning a new uh, set of products, and learning new people that I'm working with. Um, but everything else is, uh, you know, this is my, my passion, my life experience, uh, and I was a good fit for the position. So when we talk about patient care spaces in general, a lot of time is spent in that waiting room. 
which is exactly where you specialize. Well, you got to make it comfortable, yes. right? And I have to admit, I have absolutely no experience or even thought of this from a marketing perspective. Connect the dots for me. How do you go from coming into, let's just say, an urgent care or a chiropractor or whatever? Talk about that experience in the waiting room and what you do to cause that to be a positive experience. So when when you walk into a an urgent care center, a, a doctor's office, dentist's office, whatever, uh, the first impression you get will be will determine what your impression of the competency and the value of that business. So, for example, if you needed a knee replacement and you check into your local orthopedist office and he has old, dingy, cracked, uh, uncomfortable furniture to sit in, uh, are you going to want him to drill into your knee? To very <laughs> degree. Exactly. The it's like walking into your, that store and all the light half the lights are out. That's right. Yeah. It, it, the same goes for your, your tire store, your bank, and, and your urgent care center. Your business's capability and credibility is largely a reflection of that first impression. So, Lesro, we've shoehorned ourselves into quite the niche. All we do is make customized reception, lounge, and waiting area seating and tables. And we're laser focused on that. And we accomplish this with very short lead time, uh, relevant designs, high quality, and at a, at a competitive price point. Uh, so whether our chairs are going into an oil chain shop or a plastic surgery center, you know, we make custom seating that fits nicely into nearly any environment. And it's that first impression you get when you when you sit down in that in that uh, urgent care center that will determine whether or not you're going to have a positive experience. So I, I have to say, so, I mean, you've been in this for a little while now. I'm curious, are there any projects that stand out in your mind that you're like, wow, that's a really cool project and I, that never would have thought that would have worked or anything that comes to mind? Really, the only projects that, that surprised me uh, were the ones that are really large in scope. Uh, so we've done hospital center, uh, hospital centers, uh, for example, University of Pennsylvania Medical Center. Um, we've outfitted uh, several of their hospitals and their adjacent, uh, whether you call it urgent care centers or satellite offices. Right. Uh, generally speaking, uh, large hospital systems have unlimited budgets, um, mm -hmm. and they don't mind spending a lot of money on really high-end furniture. Um, we are not a high-end furniture manufacturer. We're really a, a middle-of-the-road sort of a Toyota Camry, if you will. Uh, we're priced uh, a little above the, the cheap Asian imports, um, but certainly well below you know the really high-end uh, uh, contract commercial uh, furniture manufacturers. And when we got access to one of these really large jobs, it surprised me. Um, but each time we made a delivery for, for a certain hospital or a certain satellite office, um, they kept placing more and more orders until the point where we, we realized we were standardized in the entire hospital system. <laughs> That's a cool feeling. Right. Really. So I'm oh, curious. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. So majority of the people that listen to our podcast are office managers, doctors, uh, they own a medical practice, they work in a hospital system. And I would imagine it's a little bit of a daunting task. Like I got to order furniture for, our, replace the furniture in our, in our clinic, or we're building a clinic and I've been tasked to go communicate to some furniture suppliers. What are some key things that you would recommend people to do to prep for it or the things to look out for, some red flags? Like if you were going to say, do these things and you're going to have a way better experience in the world of furniture or ask these questions, what would that be? Well, certainly you want to seek out a professional to help. Um, the same way I wouldn't go to uh, uh, my mechanic to fix my knee, um, I would want to go to a, a, a professional furniture, a commercial furniture dealership, um, or if it's a, a much larger project, 
Um, you go to an interior design firm. Um, they will know. They will know how to lay out uh, the uh, the space. They'll know what size furniture, what uh, um, what the competing furniture landscape looks like, uh, what will fit best in your environment for your budget. Um, so going to a professional to help um, does not need to be intimidating. Um, our average order is usually about 10 chairs. Um, mm -hmm. For a 10 chair order, an uh, end user can go on our website, design their own chair, and buy it through a dealer. Um, but if it's a 20, 30, 40 chair order or more, uh, typically you'll want to go to a professional and let them walk you through the process. Hmm. Okay. Well, creating that experience when somebody comes into a, a medical practice, what is the number one solution that you guys provide for that medical practice? Well, first and foremost, you can't have patients walking into the medical practice and standing while they're waiting. Right. Uh, that would so be entertaining. We, you know, exactly. we, provide, we provide comfortable seating. That, that uh, one just I, hit the ground. They, they need help first. That's right. Go yeah, they're not coming back. Um, <laughs> so, and I get it that the waiting environment of your clients, your customers, your patients is not always front of mind for, for these what are essentially small businesses, uh, urgent care centers. So investing this important part of Investing in this important part of your business may not always be as exciting as putting that money into like a new medical diagnostic machine or anything else that isn't directly tied to revenue. But if your customer has that terrible experience waiting for a couple of hours while you worked on, on a family member's medical problem um, at your urgent care center, not only will she be unlikely to return the next time she needs quick medical care, but if your competitor performs well, you may never see them uh, again at all. And that's a patient that you've lost for a reason that they'll never even tell you about. Right. So my advice is to realize that there is ROI for money to be uh, spent in places other than revenue centers. And customer touch points is a perfect example. So 30 or 40 years ago, car dealerships didn't have coffee makers and, and serve snacks. <laughs> right, Today, yeah. if you go to a car dealership and they don't have it, people would notice and they would probably go somewhere else. And that's just the evolution of, of the waiting space. It's become more of a lounge than a waiting area. Can we all agree, though, that it's really crappy coffee unless you go to Mercedes or Lexus <laughs> or something? I'm like, can I get something that, other than the plastic straw the, on the, the styrofoam cup? The Come Mercedes on. thing cracks me up because we had a client a long <laughs> they time. They have a bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh, about to lose a light. We, we have a client, or used to have a client, and he was an attorney, and he always wanted to meet us at the Mercedes dealership. Yeah. Because of the coffee stuff. And it was – like, I didn't mind get the steric nice cars and then drink pretty decent coffee. I, I will one-up you. Go. Uh, my father drove a Cadillac for many years, and whenever he needed service, I would have to follow him uh, to, the, to the dealership to, to drive him home. And the Cadillac dealer not only provided manicures for women while they were waiting, wow. they had a masseuse come in three Stop. days a week to give back massages while you're waiting for your car. And that's I in mean, addition to the snack bar and the coffee bar and all the rest. I get it. At the end of the day, it's just four wheels. I got to tell a story that ties in directly to furniture though. Okay. I always okay. have stories, don't I? I love to tell stories on the podcast. You have, but more, I think it, I you think have more than I do. I do. And this is <laughs> going to be a different one. So several years ago when I lived in Memphis, there was this steakhouse that Heather and I, that's my wife, we tried for the first time. And we walked in there and it had picnic tables with checkered cloth like not even cloth it was like the plastic you oh, know, yeah, talking about yeah, the yeah. stuff that you would find outside that you're going to roll up and throw away it cost you know? like a, a dollar y'all the steak was 45 dollars. okay the steak was delicious we're mm -hmm. never have it's not even there anymore nobody's going back but why 
because I cared more about the experience of sitting on a stupid wooden bench with my wife paying for a $45 steak. That was great. But the furniture, in my opinion, this sounds crazy, but it needs to be forgettable. I I know that sounds crazy, but like, I don't want to think about the furniture. It needs to be so good. It's not a thought. Because if you ever go into that place and sat on the sticky couch, you're like, oh, God. Or none of the worst, the worst I, I, which I've done many times, going to the whatever doctor's office, it's like that gray-blue color seats that have been there for 10 years, and now they right. have that brown outline of where people sat. Right. And you're like, I'm afraid to kind of sit on this thing right now. It looks kind of gross. <laughs> so, Les, do you have any stories where you've gone in and you've done a makeover and gotten some feedback on that? Some feedback on the furniture? Well, I don't um, know, just the experience that it created from, from doing the upgrade. Well, uh, for sure, there was, a, there was one time we had a, a, a client, I believe it was in upstate New York, Rochester, New York, uh, and their business wasn't failing, um, but it, it was kind of bleeding customers. It was actually a dentist's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had plenty of space for, I believe it was 20 or 30 seats, and they never really had more than you know two or three people sitting in the office waiting. Uh, and it was a, it was a practice had more than one dentist that may have been a periodontist office. I'm not sure. And they decided they needed to, to refresh their furniture. Um, they selected, uh, some of our higher end furniture. Um, I'm not sure how they were talked into it because, you know, this is not the sort of practice, uh, that had a whole lot of money to spend, but I guess they were getting feedback, uh, from their customers complaining about the waiting area. Uh, after they uh, installed, uh, Lestro furniture, um, it was some, again, it was some of our higher end furniture. Um, all of a sudden their business picked up coincidence. I don't think so. I mean, I get uh, it. That, I totally expect a refresh. Well, that even makes me think about, you know, you said they had 20, 30 seats and like two or three at max. It's also that appearance of maybe it's better to have fewer seats, with better seats and then give it. So if there are like five people in there, it's like, Oh, there's a lot of people moving about in here. Cause there was a, uh, there's actually a cardiologist group here locally in Birmingham and um, they had just redone an entire building, and I was in there and walking through, and their waiting room was ginormous. Like it was probably uh, two hundred seats, like spread wow. across the whole floor. Like it was intense. Mm-hmm. But you had this, but it was beautiful. Like everything was well, like well thought out. And but it was kind of like it was the middle of the day, and nobody was in there too. It was really it was a strange situation where it was beautiful. I was like, but there's nobody here. Like this is really weird. <laughs> Well, project layout has a lot to do with logistics. So if you're a practice that thinks you're going to see 100 patients a day and each patient you think is going to be in the waiting area for 15 minutes, well, you multiply the 100 times the 15 minutes, you can figure out exactly how many patients will typically be in your waiting area at one time. And you can put in furniture to accommodate that. You don't want to have 100 chairs in space that only needs 50, and you don't want to have 50 chairs in a space that needs 100. Mm-hmm. Um, so logistics plays a, a large role in determining the amount of furniture and the amount of space, the amount of square footage any practice would need uh, for their waiting area. I expect there's a bit of branding that comes along with furniture. Yeah, I'm not talking about the brand of furniture. I'm talking about the connection between the brand of the, of the business, of the clinic, and how you design the furniture to accommodate that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How your team goes in and matches the brand with the style? So we just have orange seats everywhere. Right? I actually have a, a perfect example of that. Uh, one of the uh, chains that we are standardized in is Massage Envy. 
which you've probably heard of. Oh, know yeah. Massage yeah, yeah, yeah. Massage Envy is a large corporation. They, mm-hmm. they, it's basically a franchise business. Uh, so franchisees will, will buy into the, into the, uh, into the business, um, but they'll have to outfit their store to match other stores so that doesn't matter which Massage Envy you go into, you're generally going to have a similar experience. And that includes not just the massage itself and the, and the, uh, the patient rooms, uh, but also the waiting area. Uh, so they've, they've standardized our products in their waiting areas. Uh, they select the, the pattern of the, of the fabric. They select the color of the fabric to match not only each other, but to match the room. Uh, it matches the carpet. It matches the wall coverings. Uh, so each massage envy you go into, um, you kind of get a similar experience the same way you would walk into a McDonald's in any city around the country. Makes sense. You know, there's a lot of our, our clinics that we not only work with, but also listen to this podcast where they are intentionally expanding their business to new locations, especially in the urgent care space, right? So, you know, you're only going to serve a 10 to 12 mile radius. So it makes total sense. Once you've gotten to about 3 million in business, that's about 40 patients a day, mm-hmm. 40 to 42 mm-hmm. patients a day. Yeah. Your next step is to expand. You're either going to build on because that's the capacity that your clinic can hold or you build another clinic. That's how you make more money. Um, so making that connection of, hey, we need to think about what the design is and the standard that we want to have with our furniture, with our layout, with what we're trying to accomplish, if our intention is to duplicate. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Sure. And in the case of an urgent care center, um, they may not need to open a, a second uh, location. They just may want to offer additional services sure. uh, than they were already offering. Uh, expand their customer base that way. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways to skin that cat. But when it comes to uh, one one company owning several locations, uh, yeah, then you want to have you want to make sure that the customer experience at each location uh, may not be identical, but it should be similar. That's good. Is there anything that people tend to struggle with when you're going through the quoting process and getting things set up? Is there always like they never tend they always struggle deciding on either the fabric or the materials? Is there anything that always gets them hung up? Materials. Uh, in, in particular, the uh, the fabrics. Um, so we, we offer an unlimited selection of fabrics, colors, uh, vinyls, polyurethanes, woven fabrics, uh, faux leather, uh, wh- whatever whatever it calls for. Um, in the healthcare environment, you need fabrics that are uh, easily cleanable. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you want to be able to use uh, chemicals uh, to clean them uh, is very common, uh, and they have to be uh, they have to be cleaned not only frequently. Um, but properly according to the uh, cleaning protocol that the fabric manufacturer calls out. So, for example, a lot of the, the health grade, healthcare grade vinyls uh, that we that we select for for our healthcare customers, uh, cleaning it is is really pretty simple. You can use any sort of uh, Clorox wipe or bleach solution to clean it to clean the vinyl. Uh, however, if you don't take a wet cloth and wipe it down afterwards, um, that chemical stays on the vinyl. And over time, it'll deteriorate. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of customers don't realize that, you know, a year, two years into the, into the furniture, they're seeing cracking, they're seeing peeling uh, from the vinyl, and they don't know why. And typically, it's because they weren't following proper cleaning protocols. That makes but sense. Do, mm-hmm. those, those fabrics will last more or less indefinitely, probably longer than it'll take uh, before you redesign the, the waiting area. That's interesting. I've never thought of that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty fascinating. Con- okay, and and then the other question that came up, uh, I was just thinking about was, so is there anything trending right now in the in the exciting world of waiting room furniture 
that people should know about or should consider or anything along those lines or something you've been doing a lot more people are falling in love with this certain style for whatever reason that you're doing more of we're seeing a lot more patterns versus just solids um you know solids are pretty easy if you want a black solid vinyl uh fabric on on your chair um you can get that all day long you know pretty pretty inexpensively through asian imports um, but we're, last, we're seeing a lot more design aspects, uh, a lot more patterns that, that match uh, other furniture in the room, that match uh, the walls, that match the floors. Um, and, you know, when you, when you choose a, a pattern, you, it's typically, uh, but not always, but it's typically a more expensive uh, 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 chair. Uh, so you can get a cheap frame, if you will, uh, and spruce it up with a more expensive fabric uh, to really value engineer your project. Uh, Getting a cheap frame with an expensive fabric, you look in the room, all you see is the expensive fabric. And you think, whoa, that's really nice furniture. Whereas you don't realize that they actually uh, got a good deal on that product because the frame itself is a pretty standard steel or wood uh, frame. Yeah, that's it. I want to give some advice to those who are listening, just as, a, just as somebody who like thinks about stupid stuff. Like, nah, this isn't stupid, but like the arrangement of furniture is – you know, if there's a waiting room that's got 20 chairs lined up versus the one that's got some separation, like I'm going to sit away from people, not because I don't <laughs> like people, but just like get away from me a little bit. Creating some separation, like I'm going to create a group of two. I'm going to create a break. I'm going to create a group of two. I'm going to create a break. Are you starting to see that kind of stuff, especially with COVID and the way Always. people are interacting? Yes. In fact, uh, a lot of the chairs that we manufacture, we will we'll manufacture a standard chair with a built-in table connecting with another chair. That's um, glorious. So two chairs with a table <laughs> connecting uh, the two of them. We'll do that for corner units, where there's a table in the corner with, with two chairs connecting, and it's all connected as, as a single piece. Um, we'll do that. We'll even do you know, uh, you know know a five-seat uh, connecting chairs with or without arms, um, but you, know, you also want to make sure that you have seating available for uh, larger people, we make oversized bariatric chairs. Stop yelling uh, they, at me, Les. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you'd be surprised. You know, somebody walks into into a um, a medical office and they weigh 350 pounds, which is not that uncommon today. Uh, they know exactly what chair they can and can't sit in uh, as soon as they walk in the room. And if they if they don't see chairs that they're comfortable sitting in, uh, they may leave or they may stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants to be embarrassed by sitting on a on a on a flimsy chair and it breaks. Yeah, next thing uh, you know, so you're we make chairs that have uh, weight compa- weight bearing capacity anywhere from 300 to 750 pounds. Mm. Yeah, that really is a a, a much bigger deal. <laughs> Nowadays, more than ever. <laughs> that was, it's not where I was going with that. Sorry, I was poking fun. That was a bigger. Deal. <laughs> all right, give it, all right, Les. I want I want to hear yeah. one piece of advice that you need to give to our audience today. Uh, one piece of advice. Um, I, I, I guess I, I probably touched on it earlier, uh, where investing in the ROI of your business is not always going to be based on revenue-producing equipment or revenue center. Um, there, there is a value to supporting the customer's experience uh, it, at, your, at your business. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a bank, uh, a Jiffy Lube, or an urgent care center. Uh, that customer's experience will will teach them whether or not they want to come back to that establishment, the same way you were talking about that restaurant earlier. Um, if they're not happy with their experience, 
regardless of how well you perform the core function of your job of delivering healthcare, uh, they may not come back to you and there's plenty of other uh, competitors in the area that they may try. Well, listen, let me give a quick plug for Lesro. Okay. So Lesro Industries, um, here's the thing. We got a, a chance to experience one, we met you, but, but two, we got a chance at the urgent care association, uh, conference in Vegas. We got a chance to experience your furniture. We got, we got, to, ta- um, we got to take a seat. Well, we got to sit in it. <laughs> we got to feel it, touch it, see how the different patterns, the different styles that you offer. Um, y'all had talked to us about how, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the cheapest, but it's also not out of reach. So Correct. somebody could get in touch with, with you um, and we'll tell them how to do that in just a minute or we'll get you to tell them how to do that in a minute. But somebody could get in touch with you and they could get an estimate done and it's not going to break their bank. It's going to give you a legitimate ROI. And if you have a clinic, I just want you to to go visit and check out what he's talking about because mm-hmm. we're, for, we're for the full scope of marketing. We don't just – we talk digital all the time. But we also understand that layout matters, furniture matters, the sign that you put out on the on the outside of your, or, or, it all matters. Or like there was, I don't know, unless if you or unless you saw the the company at the USA conference that did the scent marketing. I don't know if you saw that one or not. The smells, marketing? yeah. So they did oh, the, the, smells. the yeah. custom smells for we you. Walk, yes. We walked by and go, what is that? What is this? <laughs> I, I need to know. So, but, um, but it is full scale, like full scope, right? I'd, and, right? I'd never seen that in in healthcare. I'd seen that in in the gaming industry, but never in healthcare. Well, it probably smells a lot like Mountain Dew and Red Bull, yeah, and, and vape <laughs> and vape. Um, so, Les, tell everybody in the audience, and we'll we'll plug this into the show notes. But how do people need to get in touch with you if they're if they're interested in learning more about you or learning more about your products and services? I want them to get in touch with you, not just the company. So, how do we do that? Well, getting in touch with me cannot be easier. It's less, L-E-S, at lessro.com. And lessro is spelled L-E-S-R-O. Uh, so it's less at lessro.com. Again, I'm the less in lessro. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm less of lessro. I'm not the less in lessro. <laughs> uh, and then our website, which has a great product uh, configurator where you can design your own chair, um, that's lessro.com, L-E-S-R-O. All right. Excellent. Take us out, Michael. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming. It's already 25 minutes. That's how fast it goes. That's how fast it goes. Just like that. But and uh, but thank you for coming on. I, I, even though furniture seems very straightforward, but there are elements to it that we learned today that are important. And like you said, it can make or break a business sometimes in terms of that customer experience. It does so, a steakhouse. <laughs> it does a steakhouse for sure. <laughs> That's right. But uh, well, thank you, Les, for coming on, and, and we'll see you guys on the next one. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks. And thanks for joining us. Thank Les. you. Pleasure. Right. Bye.